Have you just ever called upon the Lord from the depths of your soul, crying out to him uh, with your petitions, with your supplications, with your needs, with the urgency? This lady Hannah, she went to the temple, and she and she was just a praying with her. This was moving, but didn't nobody hear nothing. But she was crying out to the Lord for her son. Matter of fact, the priest thought she was drunk. Anyway, what are you doing in the church drunk? I'm not, I'm not drunk. I, my heart is heavy. I have an emptiness on the inside. And, and you know what? God touched the man of God and said, you know what? By this time next year, God's going to bless you with a son. You know what she had said? You know, a lot of times when we pray, we make bargains with God. Have anybody ever been there? I'm learning on, on how to do and not to do that. You know, have you ever been there? Well, God, if you do this for me, then I'll do that. And God shows up and he does what he said he's going to do. And sometimes we find ourselves with amnesia. Okay, I said, God, once you do this for me, I'm going to be in church every Sunday. And Sunday morning come, no, no church, no, no bells ringing somewhere. You know. But God is faithful. And the time went by and Hannah had a child. She had said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And she did just that. That baby came, and she said, God, I'm dedicating him. I'm sending him to the temple. He's going to come up under Eli and, and the priest, and, and God, he's dedicated to you. How many of us have dedicated our children to the Lord? If you haven't, you need to. Say, God, thank you for this son. Thank you for this daughter, Lord. But, God, I'm giving them to you. You watch over them. I don't know about y'all, but I believe I do. If you have children... And they start getting to that age where now they want to drive. They want to go out with their friends. You're like, I'm not used to this. You know, you're watching your clock and, and you hear sirens and, oh, God, what's happening? And, and you don't know what to do. Anybody ever been there other than me? I had two girls. Well, since Carolina, you know I had it pretty rough. But the Lord got me to a point where I said, you know what, Lord, I, I'm giving them to you. You watch over. Father, I can't sleep at night. You know, I don't know what to do. But you know what? The Lord breathed on me and gave me to be able to relax and know that those girls were in his hands. And so this mother, she sent her son to the temple and to be raised in the house of the Lord. And he did that. And he began to grow in stature. He began to grow in wisdom. He was sitting under the man of God. And it got to a point where, see, it was a lot going on during this time lot going on during this time because Eli the priest he was a man of God but he had two sons that were scoundrels the scriptures say they were no good they were taking advantage of the people exploiting the women and they're the sons of the priest and matter of fact the priest was aware of what they were doing it had come to his ears and he didn't do anything about it but yet and still this man of God was training Samuel in the ways of the Lord. The subject comes from chapter 3, verse 1. The Lord is calling you. You know, calling, it, it's interesting. Because if you go to Webster's Dictionary, it says calling is a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. So the Lord is calling us to a calling. He, he has to first get our attention 
And we have to first understand that it's the Lord who's calling us. Have you ever got to a place in your life to where things just didn't seem the same anymore? You weren't comfortable doing the things that you had been doing all along, and all of a sudden now it's a struggle. Why? Because God is calling you. That thing that you may used to ingest and now you don't really feel like doing it anymore and don't have the same effect. Why? Because God is calling you. Those places you used to go that were so easy just to bull God to step right on up in there, all of a sudden now, I don't like going there anymore. Why? Because God is calling you. Those things that you used to say and didn't have no problem with it, and now it's like, ooh, what did I say? God is calling you. He said, I, 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 I have a plan for you. Praise God. And so when we look at this lesson today, we're going to see this young man, he's a teenager at this time, He's been raised up in the house of the Lord. You know, it's very important even today, as children are raised up in the house of the Lord, that while they're in the house of the Lord, they're getting the word of the Lord. They're learning how to pray themselves. They're learning how to trust God at an early age. They're learning the word of God so they have something to stand on. Because so many children today, they are lost. We got drag queens that's teaching kindergartners now. Have y'all heard about those things? It's happening across this nation. Children with uh, gender dysphoria, they call it, and, and taking puberty blockers and all this stuff, all this stuff that the world is throwing on children today, children today need the word of God, that they will be able to have the spirit of God. And when the enemy comes at them, they'll be able to stand and say, no, my God said no. This is what's right. That is what's wrong. We cannot isolate our children from the world, but we can insulate them with the word of God. And we're going to see in these passages where Samuel was insulated with the word of God. He was insulated with love. His mom, she, she, she said, let me just nurse him until he's weaned, and then I'm going to send him off to the temple. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving mothers. Thank God for all you mothers in the house. Wow. Mothers, you have a special place in my heart. And I've learned I do not take mothers for granted. And men, that's a lesson we all can take because sometimes we can take our wives and our mothers for granted, and they do so much. I, my heart gets, and I'll get back to the lesson, but sometimes I, I might be in the market or in a, in a store somewhere, and I see a mother with a baby in a stroller, one underarm, trying to do some shopping so she can get back home and do some cooking because the husband is going to be coming home and other kids from school. And I'm like, she has a lot on her plate. Man, thank you, God. Thank God for mothers. Amen. This mother, Hannah, she loved her son, but she loved the Lord. And God heard her prayer and gave her the son. So in the first verse, let's say now the boy Samuel. Samuel is the central figure here. He's a young man. Get this, again, he's been raised in the house of the Lord, raised in the temple. God is calling him now. Listen to some of these words. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, Eli the priest. He was learning how to do things in the house of the Lord. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. I wonder why, Pastor Jones, because you had a priest that has some sons who were culprits. And, and, and when there's a lot of confusion and a lot of chaos going on, you don't see God in the midst of that. 
But yet God, who's all loving and kind and gracious, he always have a word for his people. He always have a plan for his people. I don't care who will or who won't. God is his will will always be done. Matter of fact, in chapter 2, there was a man of God that came to Eli and told him about his sins. Told him that God, what God said, and God was aware of what was going on, and there's a penalty behind what you're doing. Mm. So in this chapter, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Oh, my God. You know what? We live in a time that the word of the Lord is not rare today, but who's listening? God has left us with 66 love letters, which is the 66 books that's in the Bible. We have radio stations, TV stations, churches on every corner. God is speaking. There are people that are carrying the word of God and crying out to people say, come to know this man named Jesus. Come to understand the one who mother's been talking about, who's, who she's been praying to, who's made ways out of no way. Jesus is, is calling us today. And there's word all of, it's not a drought in the land of word today, but there's a drought of people willing to hear what God has to say. Because everybody is like old blue eyes, I did it my way, you know. I got a plan here. I, 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 you know, get the eyes out and get our eyes on Jesus. There is a word today from the Lord. Amen. And verse 2 said, and it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place. And when his eyes had began to grow so dim that he could not see, Eli the priest, the mentor for Samuel, had gotten old. His eyes had begun to dim. You know, Brother David had to switch glasses when he got up here. But I, Samuel, uh, Eli may have been a little bit older than David. I don't know. But, but the scripture tells us plain that it came to pass. Eli was lying down in his place, just on his bed, no doubt. Samuel was in another room. And when his, eyes when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, this was a holy place. This was a holy scene. This is the temple of God. The ark of God is in this. This is a place that's sanctified. Set aside for, for praise and worship and adoration and to hear from God. That's why we shouldn't take coming to church so lightly. Have you ever been invited someone to church and they, and they say, you know, I'm going to do you a favor. One day I'm going to come to church for you. And you're really saying, you need to come to the house of the Lord because you can hear something, you can experience something, you can see something that may change your heart and your mind will cause you to live a better life by knowing the one who died for you. Say the, that the Lord, listen to this, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered and he said, here am I. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? The Lord called him and he answered and said, here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. So the young man Samuel is thinking that it's Eli calling him. See, sometimes we think it's all kind of other stuff and folks calling us, and it's really God who's calling us, who's calling us to a, a different level. 
So, so he ran to Eli and said, here I am. Uh, where, did, where did I go? Okay, here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, and Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. I could, in, my, in my little mind would be, I ain't called you, boy. You go on back in there and go to bed. And don't turn that TV off. No. <laughs> he said, he said, he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And the young man being obedient, he went down and he laid down. He went and he laid down. Verse 6. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. Just tell me a couple of things. God knows our name. He know who we are. He know where we are. And he know what we need. And he has a call on our lives. We need to understand that. Whether you saved today or not, you need to understand that God is calling you. Praise God. And, and then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Eli, you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Go lie down again. Boy, go lay down again. I ain't called you. You hearing things. You know. Wow. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. This is important. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. He's in the house. He's in the temple. He's learning protocol. How things supposed to work. But the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The, the word of the Lord had he he hadn't got it. But he's in the right place to get it. This is why it's so important to come into the house of the Lord. The Bible tells me that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't hear nothing, you don't know nothing. And it's just, it's spiritually so, but it's naturally so too. You sitting up in the math class like I was in junior high school. I'm drawing pictures of mountains and trees. I didn't know what. what. Now here comes the test. Uh, let's see. You know. Yeah. We need to be in a place where we can hear from God. You know. Thank you, Lord. Because he's calling you. He's calling. And we're going to see before the day, before this little short message is over, not just calling those who don't know him, but he's still calling those who do know him. He's calling us to a higher place of praise. Thank you, Lord. So now Samuel did not know the Lord, and, and, and nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. You know, somebody would get wound up, say, one for the father, one for the son, one for the no. To call him the third time. You know, God is persistent with us. I'm talking about in our rebellion, he still calls us. When we're shaking our fists at God, no, no, I don't know, no, no, no. God is still saying, I love you so much. I sent my son to die for you. I don't want you to be lost. Hear me, son. Hear me, daughter. The clarion call from God is always out. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am. Listen to what the boy said. For you did call me. <laughs> He's like, now look, I done got up three times, and you keep telling me that you haven't called me. Something is going on in here. Wow. Therefore, Eli, listen to this. Now here's where wisdom comes in. Here's where really knowing the God you serve. You know, 
You can know the Lord and ain't doing the right thing. And Lord is calling you to do the right thing. Because him to know to do and who don't do it, to him is sin. Eli knew very well what the Lord required, what was right and what was wrong. He knew that. But to do that and to challenge his sons, he didn't do. So therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he, if he calls you again. If you notice that, it's a capital H. Because now it became very clear, it's become rhema to, to uh, Eli that it's the Lord that's calling this boy. Because hmm. remember, he did not yet know the Lord. The young man didn't. And so, therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I'm telling you, some of us ought to be saying that today. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Speak, Lord, I want to hear from you. Speak, Lord, I don't know what to do. Mm. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord, listen to this. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. This time he says, Samuel, Samuel. Now Samuel, being instructed by the man of God, is now saying he's got directions what he's supposed to say. He said, your servant here, then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now the young man is hearing from the Lord. Now God is, see, see God is always in the mood, you know. And, and, and so now that he's getting a word, because this, I mean, I'm telling you, you get home, read chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, you, you'll see what God was doing here by calling this young man, because we'll find out and we understand now that Samuel was the last of the judges. See, and remember, the book of Judges ended with the last verse in that book of Judges saying that all the people did what was right in their own eyes. Now, you know that's a mess. If everybody figure, no, this is what I call right. No, this is what I call right. No, this is what, you, you have a mess on your hand, but yet you have a sovereign God who said, I have a way for you to go. I have a plan for your life. Thank you, God. He says, and so here, what was the message, see? The message that Samuel had was concerning Eli and his two sons. He got the message from God that it was going to be doom and gloom for Eli, his mentor, and for his wayward sons. Eli, the man of God who had already been warned in chapter 2, he goes to Samuel the next morning and say, what did the Lord say? And he said, matter of fact, you tell me what he said, and if you don't tell me everything he said, it's going to be trouble coming upon you. I, I wish this and that upon you. And so now the young man has got a word from God concerning his mentor, concerning the one he's learned from. And the message was, because you have not changed and challenged your sons and put them in check, your sons are going to be killed on the same day. And you're going to die that day. And you know what Eli said? Whatever the Lord says. That, that takes something. 
because you know that God is righteous and kind in all of his ways and all of his deeds. And when you have a connection with God, even when it's time for rebuke, you understand, God, this is coming to you. And just as, just as the prophecy went forth to young Samuel, that's exactly, a, if there was some fighting going on, the word came back. You're looking at the, in the next chapter where both of his sons was killed. The ark of tabernacle was taken away by the heathens. And when Eli heard this, now he was blind, he was all white, he, was, he fell down and broke his neck and died all on the same day. Why? God had called Samuel and gave him a message. Why? Because God was now raising Samuel up to be the man that he wanted him to be. Why? Not just for Samuel himself, but for the people of God. When God calls us and anoints us to salvation, and he gives us gifts and talents in the house of the Lord, it's for his glory. It's that somebody will, get a, will be able to hear what thus saith the Lord. And so now, not only do we find that Samuel is the last judge, but he's the first one to really hold that office of prophet. He became a seer, and when he spoke, people listened. He's the, he's the one, this Samuel, this young boy who grows up, he's the one who anointed the first king of Israel man by the name of Saul who God rejected and, and the Lord had to come to Samuel how long are you going to mourn for Saul seeing I have rejected him from being king I'm going to cause you to anoint another king so this young man there was no more drought of the word in the land but God was now speaking through this man this young man and he raised up God is calling someone in here today and I know he's calling me he's yet calling me to do greater things for him to be in a place where I can hear from the Lord uh, you know, Jesus kept carried the load uh, of those who have come after Samuel and so many others. You know, Jesus comes on the scene, meek and lowly, humble and holy, riding on a donkey, come to live a perfect life in our place that we couldn't live. But while he was walking the dusty shores of Galilee, he was saving people. He was calling people to himself. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. He was giving sight to the blind. He was unstopping deaf ears, and the word was out. There's something about this man, Jesus. Even his own disciples said, what manner of man is this that speak to the wind and the waves, and they obey? There were people that were called publicans. They were like the IRS today, but worse. They were tax collectors. You know, now I know it's IRS season right now, too, right? You know, but, but these guys were, were Jewish men who would extract money from his own people for the Romans who were in charge of the known world at that time, and they would skim money off the top. So in Matthew 9, 9 and 10, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So this is telling me that Jesus was calling Matthew a uh, who is the scum of the earth in the sight of his fellow countrymen because he's a Benedict Arnold. You know, he is getting rich at the expense of someone else, of us. And he said, follow me. And this is what I love because, see, the Lord is calling us today. So in, in Matthew 9, and that, he said, and so when he told uh, Matthew to follow him, so it says that Matthew arose and followed him. What is it going to take today 
and for individuals in particular to follow the Lord. What is it going to take? My dear friend that I shared in Power Hour that I went to see last Sunday, and for 43 years he's yet in the same place he was. His, his, his ashtray's full of ash butts and stuff. His health is bad. He, he's just been a bad man. And he still have not accepted the Lord, and God has been calling him for years. What is it going to take for somebody to be like Matthew to stop what he's doing, stop doing what's wrong, Stop doing what's not pleasing to God and follow Jesus. What is it going to take? Because the Lord is saying, come on. Come unto me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. God wants us to learn of him, to learn of his ways. And I'm telling you, he'll make a difference in your life. And so he rose up and followed him. And get this, when you come to know Christ, when you allow the call of God to, make, to manifest in your life, and you said, yes, Lord, here I'm going to follow you, it's going to affect people around you. How many of us know people who are struggling today, who's having a hard road to hope, who don't know Jesus? When we come to know the Lord, guess what? Now we become a light to those around us who need to know him as well. So it, it says, now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in, in, in Matthew's house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. That, that blessed me because nobody, now here you had religious leaders of that day. You had Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees. You had all these religious leaders, but none of these sinners and, and tax collectors were being helped by them. So here Jesus said, man, come follow me, you know. And, and when he followed Jesus and began to sit down and break bread with Jesus, then other sinners and other tax collectors say, let, let me go and see what's happening around here. Because something is different about Matthew. He ain't asking for money no more. He's quit the Romans. He, he, I don't, he don't know how he's going to make a living, but he's not doing that anymore. See, that's what happened in my life. I came to a point, you won't believe this, I was doing uh, illegal electric work at one time. How in the world is that? Oops. We'll leave that alone. But, when, but, but I tell you, when the Lord got a hold of me, the phone was ringing off the hook. I said, sorry, I don't do that no more. I'm done. And we were broke. But the Lord, when you refuse to do what the devil says and begin to do what God says, he'll bless your socks off. Amen. He gave this poor little fella a job, and I ended up retired after 30-something years by following this Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You know, he tells us in, in his word in 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 8, verse 10, it, it, he says, be, be sober. You know, we need, to, we need to have our thinking straight. It's so much noise around us. It's so much stuff happening. And if the truth be told, we don't know what to believe sometimes by listening to the news media in these various outlets. But God's word never changed. His word is always the same. He still said, I got a plan for you. He's still telling us what the future is going to hold. He's still saying what he'll do for us right now. He said, be sober. Be vigilant. You know, pay attention to what's happening around you. You know, uh, some of us, well, all of us are getting older, but some of us are older than other ones. You know, I know, I, you know, see, somebody 20 say, well, I, I know I've probably got 20 years left. I'll be around 40. But you get my age, you 70, you say, well, I don't think I got 70 more to go. 
So you start having a different perspective on life. You know, what does God say about when I leave this planet, when I, when I breathe my last, last breath? What does God say? See, he said I, I have a place called heaven where you'll be in my presence forever. But then also there's a place that's, that's where you don't have to worry about a no smoking sign because there's smoking down there, you know. Be sober. Be, be vigilant. Listen, this is why God is calling us. Because your adversary, the one who is against you, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may divide. Do y'all get that picture? This is the word of God. This ain't me just up here rattling around. This is what God is saying. We have an adversary, and it's the devil. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And if we leave this planet without Jesus, guess what? The devil has, has, has accomplished his goal. So, But those who of us who have understood and understood the calling to come to Christ, he tells us be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I love this verse 10. But may the God of all grace, listen to this word, who called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus. What did he call us to? He called us to eternal glory. Mm. See, sometimes, you know, at a funeral service, you let it be told everybody going to heaven. It could be the gangster over in the hood that's the killed folks, and now somebody killed him, and the preacher said, well, I know he's in a better place. No, you don't. I'm just saying, y'all. We don't stand in judgment of nobody. We don't know what happened with somebody's last breath. But we should not take it for granted that if we reject Christ our whole life on this side, that we're going to open up our eyes in heaven. It don't work like that. He says, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, listen to this someone, after you have suffered a while, I don't know if y'all know it or not, but this is life is a suffering thing. Have anybody in here by the show of hands ever suffered anything? Have you had some hard trials? I'm talking about since you came to know Christ. Have you had some challenges? Have you been ridiculed? Have you been persecuted for the name of Christ? Have you been ostracized? Have you been looked over? See, so he said, after you have suffered a while, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That's the word of the Lord. He's calling us to understand that. He said, after you have suffered a while, he said, I'll make you perfect. In short, you, I'll, you, you'll become mature in me. You, you'll understand what the counsel of God is all about. He said, after you suffered a while, I will perfect you. And he said, I will establish you. Wow. Thank you, God. Until the Lord came into my life, there was no establishment. I was all over the place. You're talking about like jumping jacks. I'm <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, I just got to be, I got to tell y'all straight, Christ makes the difference in your life. When you have a case of the k helpers, God will help you to get over the k helpers. He will help you. He'll show you the way. He'll establish you, listen to this, and he will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. Isaiah 40 say, 
they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. He will strengthen you. And get this last one. He will settle you. He will settle you. Paul said, I I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. Whether it's up or down, rich or poor, hungry or not, I've learned mm, to be content in God. Trusting and knowing that the Lord will make a way somehow. This current heartache I'm dealing with, my God is going to bring me through. The loss of a loved one, God knows about it. He, hold, he knows my heart. He knows the empty. He's going to bring me through this. That's the God who we serve. Jesus is, the Lord is calling us. He, he's calling us for a, a closer walk with him. See, yes, it's one thing when you're called and you recognize, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. I want to repent of my sin. I want Christ to come in. Great, wonderful. Now you're in the kingdom of God, and he's still calling you. He's calling us for a closer walk. He's calling us to say, you know what? Bring all your burdens to, to the Lord and leave them there. I'll, I'll fight your battle. I'll work with you. I'll bless you. I'll heal you. I'll deliver you. I'll make ways for you out of no way. He's calling the church today to prayer. Jesus said man should always pray and not saint, and not faint. And if we're saints of God, and sometimes we our prayer life have fallen off to somewhere a little bit to nothing, that's a problem. And he's called us. He said, I'm calling you to prayer. I'm calling you to a place where you're recognized without me. You can do nothing. Without me, you fail. You're like drifting like a ship without a sail. He's calling us to prayer. He's calling us today to faith. He's calling us to have faith in him. The dollar is falling. The world's situation is in chaos. Things are upside down. Eggs cost I don't know how much. It's He's calling us to trust him. To have faith in him. Amen. He, God, is, God is calling. Now if, we, if you're in Christ, he said, listen, son, daughter, I know you got a heavy load. Mothers, fathers, I know you have a heavy load. I know there are some issues in your life. He said, but I'm calling you to have faith in me. And faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we don't get to a place where we can hear the word of God, we won't know what God is saying, and we won't be able to apply it to our life. He's calling us to a higher place of praise. God has called us to evangelism. He didn't call us to be pew potatoes. That's the couch potatoes, brother. I'm just saying. We, he's calling us to make a difference. These applications we have over here for the prison down in Blythe, he's called us to evangelism. If you're, if, you're, if you're excited about your walk with the Lord, then that should prompt us to want to bring a word to someone else that they can be excited to know that there's a God who cares about. He's calling us to praise and worship. We got praise and worship leaders here. We got two sisters in there. One day, they may be drug off to the altar. Well, not drugged. They'll probably go like this. But they, they may be pulled away. Drama may be pulled away to a high. God has people in the house of the Lord with gifts and talents that need to be used and exercised now. It's, everybody in here got a better voice to sing than me. <laughs> this is not everybody. 
God is calling us to understand what's needed in the house of the Lord. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. Stand up and say, God, for God I'll live, for God I'll die, swim, sink, or drown. I'm on the Lord's side. I want to have a servant's heart. I want to do what I can for the Lord. I want to let it be known that, that God is real, and he's real in my soul. He's causing us to praise and worship. It may not even be up here, but right where I am. might be sitting in my car at a red light, and I begin to think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, and I begin to sing praises to the Lord. Have anybody ever been on the highway and almost had to pull over? You start thinking about how good God's been to you. Your eyes start filling up with water and say, what's happening here? What's going on? Ain't nothing sad, but it's joy in my heart because the Lord has turned my life around. Mm. He's calling us to ministry. He don't want to just save us for the sake of saying we're saved and we missed hell. He wants us still sovereign. He's in control of everything. In this 21st century, he is sovereign. He will accomplish his purposes with or without our cooperation. Now that's pretty heavy you think about. It. God said, I want you. Remember the old sign, Uncle Sam wants you? And now we don't know nobody want to hear about Uncle Sam. That's a sad thing. He said, Uncle who? <laughs> I didn't talk to a young man who who, have, who are strong and young and vibrant, have no education, no, 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 no degree. And I'm saying, why don't you go to the military? Oh, no, not me. What you going to do? You need to do something. But he is still, his, his, but, as, but as it was true in the lives of Samuel, Saul, and David, our response to God's call affects our Will we obey him as Samuel did and live lives marked by blessings? It's a choice. See? Or will we, like Saul, try to live on our own terms? And a lot of people are doing that today. To obey is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's still true today. We praise the Lord. We praise God today, saints. I just want to encourage you today. The Lord is calling you. If you're in the house of the Lord and you have not accepted that, that invitation, if you've been getting the uh, uh, looking and calling ID and saying, that's the Lord, not today. You know, if you said, I just ain't going to answer it, you know, maybe today is your day. It's not a telemarketer. This is the Lord calling you. Why would the Lord just be so persistent in calling us? It's because he loves us. That's what it is. And if you really want to know what true love is, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. You could not have told me that I didn't love Sandy with every fiber of my being when I first met her 16 months before I divorced. I didn't know how to love her. The word of God teaches us how to love one another, how to love our spouses, to love our children, even to love our enemies. The word of God teaches us that. And without the word of God, I'm telling you, we, we are, we are.
We are spinning our wheels. We are stuck in the mud. Brother Gary and Debbie, they tried to help somebody. They're living up there in Williams, Arizona, trying to help a lady that was stuck. They trudged through the snow for about a quarter mile. Got there with a shovel. They're going to help the lady get out. And, and, and yeah, the, even the tires of the wheel was frozen ice. That's the way life is sometimes. People are stuck. The wheels are frozen and rusted. But the Lord has said, I got the three-in-one oil that you, for your spirit that you need that will free you up. Praise the Lord. So we just thank the Lord. God bless you. Why don't you minister to us for a minute, sister? We're going to prepare for us for communion. Praise the Lord. On a deep, far away, stood an Oh, my God. 